Welcome everybody to Historical Shade, the podcast where Julie and I, we talk about shady topics in history, people being shady towards each other, um, et cetera, and so forth. You know, we're like 30 episodes in. Um, Holy shit. Yeah. We are. Right. Um, we're doing it. You're we're doing, doing it, it, Peter. Oh my gosh. I actually have not watched that yet, um, which is very shocking. Um, what? You no, not, not ever, just like during self-isolation. <laughs> I feel like that's the first like movie that everyone was like, virtual Netflix virtual party. So I'll watch Hook. And I was like, I'll watch it later. Um, speaking of which, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are currently still under self-isolation. Uh, remember when we thought, oh, well, only last two weeks, we'll record these episodes and then nobody will understand but now i feel like actually i know by the time this one pops up probably will still be in some form of something what a, um what a friggin time in history <laughs> what a what a time um can we talk about how like i will never like not never have a love life again but man it's gonna be dating's gonna be weird <laughs> i yes i mean just so many things Mm-hmm. my head about everything that's going on I um like I still I'll watch something on tv and if people like touch each other I'll my first reaction right now is <gasps> social distancing <laughs> um I depending on the mood I'm in I either get that like <gasps> or I get a like you don't know how lucky you fucking have it <laughs> so yeah yeah um so let's just like jump right into this, people. Um, so since it's my turn, since the world is crazy and you know, whatever, I was like, I don't want to do anything super dramatic, although this is dramatic, but I think it's something that gives us all a little bit of happiness and joy. So maybe I might ruin that. Oops. Ugh. But I'm going to talk today about Robin Williams versus Disney. Yeah. You always come out with these doozies. And I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> uh, and like every, every like uh, <laughs> kids movie where there's like a group of kids and there's always like the one kid that's like the hype kid. But that's me whenever you introduce your topic. I'm like, oh, oh what? Oh, what? Down. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you know anything about this? No. Okay. Neither did I until I went down like a three in the morning YouTube spiral. That's where most of my good shade topics come from. (laughs) And most of my uh, sanity actually at this current moment is my YouTube spirals. Okay. So um, we, I, I love, and I know Julie does too, I'm sure, but like love animated movies. Love, 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 love them. Um, Right now, when animated films come out, it's like star, 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 like listing these A-list celebrities or B-list or C-list, but they're always celebrities, uh, voice actors for the films. Um, But before Robin Williams was the genie in Aladdin, there was a very big difference between voice actors and like actor actors so the voice actors in animated films were completely different than the actors out in real life um 
you can see some of this still happen at Disney where they have like four or five, like Jim Cummings is a big one where he's, um, like he does like Tigger and Pooh and like all the little, the little voice characters. But when it comes to headlining these big major motion pictures like Frozen 2, Kristen Bell, Idina Menzel, um, Jonathan Gra you know, like star power now fuels them. But before Aladdin, it did not. And Robin Williams was very cognizant of the fact that there are these brilliant voice actors that make these animated films come to life. Um, so Robin Williams was starting to get at like the height of his fame before Aladdin. He was doing stand-up, he had Mork and Mindy, and he got um, the role as Batty in Fern Gully, which is one of my favorite movies ever. My brother hates it. It's probably because I watched it all the time. So he got the role, he signed the contract, and he really wanted to do the movie not because of its like animated style which is great but like he wanted to do the movie because of its message and tim curry is also a voice actor in that movie fern gully's great um and Seriously. because yeah because he loved he was very uh, eco-friendly mr robin williams so he signed the contract he hadn't done the voice acting for it yet um at this point when it comes to Disney, they're working on Aladdin. They're doing some little sketches. And the animators doing Aladdin actually take one of Robin Williams' comedy like tracks and animate a brief sketch of the genie to his comedy track. And they, because that's the kind of like vibe they wanted the genie to have. So they show Robin Williams this like rough sketch version of the genie to his comedy track. And Robin Williams goes like, yes, I want to do this as well. His big um, caveat was he didn't want his voice to sell merchandise because merchandise, like he didn't want people to spend money on stuff they didn't need. He's very eco-friendly, that sort of thing. So he has a clause that like his name and his character will be in like 25% of the advertising, like less than 25%. Um, and the the head of Walt Disney Studios at this time was um, Katzenberg. Just this is the Katzenberg era. So Katzenberg is like, great, he's going to be our genie. Don't do Fern Gully. And Robin Williams goes, no, I'm doing Fern Gully. So there's a little back and forth, little back and forth. And because of that, Aladdin opens, Fern Gully opens. And just after Aladdin opens, Robin Williams was driving through downtown Los Angeles and um, was shocked to see that most of the city's bus shelters featured huge blue posters of the genie. So he went back on his claws. Um, no other characters from Aladdin were featured in these posters except the genie. So it wasn't less than 25%. It was the whole damn thing. So um, when Williams calls Katzenberg and says like, hey, we talked about this, Katzenberg replies with, obviously there must have been some sort of mix up. Um, I'll have them removed immediately. So all 300 of the LA area Aladdin bus shelter posters were recalled and destroyed. And then um, it was only later that Williams learned that thousands of these blue genie posters have been created to be installed in bus shelters all over the country. But then it continues where 
they start using I would like I love that we're a podcast but I also wish that we were slight video service because it was very funny to see the um all the commercials that were just his voice and then for McDonald's toys like I don't know if you remember well that's what I'm like when you said the thing about 25% because like I all I remember about Aladdin was the genie like it was like Mm-hmm. A movie about the genie. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so Robin Williams, fun fact, is very vocal when he is upset. So he did not take this lying down. And so I found an article from the LA Times from 1993 that I'm going to read to you. Okay. Um, here we go. Me, 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 me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Actor Robin Williams doing little to disguise his anger and pulling on an imaginary nose a la Pinocchio accused the Walt Disney Company Wednesday of lying to him and breaching an agreement not to use his voice to merchandise products inspired by the hit animated film Aladdin. Williams, who won critical acclaim for his voice work as the chameleon-like wisecracking genie in the 1992 film, said it was too late for him to sue the studio but said he was hurt and indicated that he may not work for Disney again. Disney executives would not comment on his remarks, but sources familiar with the dispute characterized Williams' comments as sour grapes because he was paid to the scale of $75,000 for his work, just also, that's it, um, on an animated film that went on to gross more than $200 million domestically. So they think, oh, well, he just didn't get as much money as he wanted, and that's why he's angry, is what they're the disney company tried to yeah because when they say sources close like yeah they're they're like right it it makes me feel like they're running a smear campaign of like oh it's really easy to convince people that he just wanted more money yeah exactly um williams comments came during an interview on the today show where he was interviewed as part of a segment designed uh, to publicize williams latest film mrs doubtfire a 20th century fox release um and so williams says this you realize now when you work for disney why the mouse has only four fingers because he can't pick up a check williams told interviewer gene shallot williams makes a similar comment in the november 22 issue of the new york magazine we had a deal the actor said on the nbc show the one thing i said was i will do the voice I'm doing it basically because I want to be part of this animation tradition. I want something for my children. One deal is I just don't want to sell anything, as in Burger King, as in toys, as in stuff. Williams said Disney executives agreed to honor his wishes. Then all of a sudden, they release an advertisement. One part was the movie. The second part was where they used the movie to sell stuff. Not only did they use my voice, they took a character I did and overdubbed it to sell stuff. That was the one thing I said. I don't do that. That was the one thing where they crossed the line. A source at the studio um, commented on the actor's comments. So every single piece of marketing material involving Robin Williams was run by Marsha, the actor's wife, and Robin Williams, the source said. We did not use his voice in any way that he did not contractually agree to. He agreed to the deal, and then when the movie turned out to be a big hit, he didn't want the, he didn't like the deal he had made. Disney later sent him a late Picasso painting as a way of thanking him for his work. Jesus. 
<laughs> Meanwhile, Williams was asked on NBC whether he would work for Disney again. He replied, I don't think so. If he does ever go back there, however, Williams added he would tell them, you lied. Some film industry sources said they were surprised that Williams would begin trashing the studio in public, noting that he has achieved box office success with films he has made for the studio. In true Hollywood fashion, people's memories aren't that long, said one source who asked not to be identified. Robin Williams' career was made by Disney movies, Good Morning Vietnam, and Dead Poets Society. Uh, when the movie was released in theaters last year, television commercials featured the genie with William's voice, but commercials for merchandising tie-ins did not, Disney sources say. Uh, in the New York article, Williams went further in explaining he was upset with Disney. In Mork and Mindy, they did Mork dolls. I didn't mind the dolls. The image is theirs, but the voice, that's me. I gave them myself. When it happened, I said, you know, I don't do that. And they apologized. They said it was done by other people. And that was from the LA Times um, by staff writer Robert Wilkos from November 25th, 1993. So obviously um, Aladdin comes out, big success. There's this big riff. And then Aladdin's such a success. They do what Disney should never do. Listen to me, Disney. They go to make a sequel. So, Aladdin 2, Return of Jafar, they're starting to um, come out with it, and Robin Williams is, doesn't want anything to do with it. So, they get another voice actor to do the genie for the second one. If you haven't seen Return of Jafar, not a great film, but what else are you doing? We're all in self-isolation. Rewatch it. Uh, there, are, there, is, there are two songs that are pretty good, and they're both uh, Iago's, so... Gilbert yeah, Goffrey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, Jeffrey Katzenberg, the man who ran Disney uh, at the time when all this craziness went down, he eventually gets replaced by Joe Roth. And Joe Roth um, and Williams actually had a good relationship. So, um, Joe Roth held a press conference in 1996, publicly apologizing to Williams on behalf of Disney. So then um, the two, they had um, a, a fruitful relationship after that for a few years. So after they publicly apologized to Williams on behalf of Disney, then you have Bicentennial Man comes out, um, Old Dogs, Flubber, let's not forget oh, Flubber, um, and then Aladdin um, Three King of Thieves comes out and they advertise, advertise like, Hey, Robin Williams is back as the genie. Robin Williams is back as the genie. Um, unfortunately, they, so everything's mended. Yay. So they actually thought instead of doing a live action Aladdin, they were going to try to do an Aladdin 4 a couple years ago. They're like, okay, we're going to do another like Aladdin 4 with Robin Williams. Mm -hmm. And Exactly. And then uh, while they were in development, the news of his passing happened. So there were a few weeks or months in development where they looked at what they already had of his voice and if they could actually do the um, movie posthumously like they did with um, oh. the Imaginarium one. Yeah, well, I was going to say... Um, Oh, and I know Ratzenberg, the, the ham in Toy Story. Uh, 
yeah, because Toy Story 4, all of that was done posthumously. Um, but they eventually were like, we can't and we don't feel like that gives us the icky vibe. So they created the Aladdin live remake, um, which I have not seen yet because I have thoughts and feelings. Um, and, <laughs> and that is the shade of William, Robin Williams versus Disney. It's just so, like, when you hear, uh, <laughs> guys, any time you hear or read something and it says sources say, or I'm told, like, just... Someone close to the issue. Just don't. Mm-hmm. don't believe it. I have a shade coming up, but I, I need to give it some, some breadth. Um but it's like like a big family feud, but it deals with a theme park that I'm so excited, but the theme park had to close and it closed like three weeks ago. So <laughs> yeah, get ready for that one. That one's gonna be a good one. Also, this is like a, a nice revelation into our processes is you're like, yeah, I have a shade coming up. Whereas I'm like, when you're like, hey, do you want to record this date? I'm like, great, let me find a shit. Shit, shit, shit. <laughs> I feel like it would be far less stressful for me if I did your your 3 a.m. YouTube wormhole and found topics. Um, speaking of 3 a.m., I'm just going to jump into my future light because here's <laughs> my 3 a.m. wormhole of YouTube. I found a channel called The Proper People. And it's, it's weird. It's a weirdly named channel for what they do, but they basically go to abandoned places and just take like 40 minute videos. So I watched one where they went to, um, a theme park in China that was like mostly built and then funding ran out. So they just stopped. And so like all this stuff is like half there and half and like, like recently, like in 2016, the funding ran out. Um, I watched Nara, Nara Dreamland, which we covered. Uh, they went through there. They went to, how I got started was they went to, um, Ghost Town Mountain, which was this theme park that was a Wild West village where they had, like, shows and a saloon show and, like, shootout shows on the very top of a hill in North Carolina or mountain in North Carolina. My parents and I went when I was, like, 11. And that's how I started. Anyway, if you, and it's called, we talked about this. What is it called when you love abandoned places? It's called Urban Explorers. So that's my future light, is I just love looking at abandoned places. I, I love that. I love, yeah. I love your future light. Um, yeah. My future light is semi-podcast um, related. Uh, my Ooh. friend Lulu has a podcast called 10K a Day. Mm -hmm. um which i listen to do you ever talk about something and then like immediately second guess yourself oh like, yeah what if i what if i was inaccurate about this thing that i do all the time no it's 10k dollar day ten thousand dollar day okay i got it right i didn't i didn't know if it meant 10k like ten thousand dollars or 10k is in like 6.7 miles oh like um, like if she did ran a 10k day and i was like girl and then when, when I texted you and, and said, hey, I'm doing Lulu's 10K dollar, 10K thing, you were like, oh, well, it's definitely not running because it's Julie doing it. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't That's know what you're what doing. It's self-isolation, you know? Not 
running, also not walking enough. Um, but all that's to say is I'm doing an interview with, uh, with them today and I'm excited. It's a, it's a really fun podcast and she has been so supportive of us when we were getting this podcast up and running. Um, so I'm excited to go talk about things on that and including this, our little podcast that could and would and should. What is, what is her podcast since it's not about running? What is, what is the general <laughs> vibe of her podcast? Um, it's, it, so their, their like tagline um, is like real podcast, imaginary travel. So it's, it's just like, if you could travel, if you could spend this amount of money, if you could uh. like do this ridiculous luxury like trip or um, eating experience or this, that, or the other. Like when you see like really, really rich people at this like spa where like the salt they're being given costs more than you make in a year. Mm. <laughs> and you're like, that's absurd. But a girl can dream. Yeah, but like, mine would be that and they're you know in quarantine doing a lot of extra content they do like sunday night um live things and and this is like a 10k saturday so uh, it's basically just like an interview with someone it's Mm -hmm. me Um, (laughs) and i i get to answer some questions very cool yeah very cool well what would you do listener if you had besides listen to that podcast which sounds awesome um if you, where would you go? If you could go to any historical moment, where would you go? Let us know. Ooh, that's a good so, question. Yeah. Remember that you may not have rights if you go back. Like, let's just all <laughs> take a moment. Because, like, I love <laughs> tangent. And then I promise we'll end this episode. But I love 1960s stuff and 1950s stuff and all, you know, I just love that vintage era. And it's not that far ago, you know, and, um, but people are like, would you want to go back there? I was like, no, because if I went to a therapist, my husband would know before I would know. Oh my gosh. Yes. The opening of Mad Men. Yes, exactly. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm good. I'm good right here. I mean, not, I mean, I, not right now. I would love for us to pass forward like a month, but it's cool. Oh, where would you go, really listener? Mostly like the '60s for the fashion. Yes, exactly, and we can bring that back. Not right now, though. Sweatpants is the only thing. My husband put on hard pants today. Why did he? Why did he do that? He's like, I just wanted to feel the jeans again. I'm like, to be fair, the other day I went to check the mail and like just this just came out of my mouth. I was like, I'm gonna go check the mail so I can feel alive again. I. I just like the weirdest little things thrill me right now. Um, I drove for 25 minutes today. I didn't, I didn't go anywhere. Like, I mean, I went places, but I didn't like go into anywhere. I didn't drive through anywhere. I just was like driving and it was lovely. I can't believe how many things I've, I've taken for granted. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, stretch it out. Yeah. Um, Julie was stretching, I promise. (laughs) Thank you for listening, everybody. Uh, Stay safe. Stay healthy. Wash your fucking hands. Episode, like, four. (laughs) Oh, God, did we predict this? (laughs) No, that was about putting your hands in a dead body and then delivering a baby. But still, wash your hands. (laughs) I don't think the body's... Oh, yeah. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
yeah. that modifier sound made it sound like you were pulling a baby that was alive out of a dead body, but then it was a dead. This is going off the rails. Yes. See you next week. So bye. <laughs>